When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Oh, we hope to shower you with intelligent conversation here tonight. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM channel 80. We are neither Joe nor Amber. Matt Schick, Teron Davenport here with you on this Thursday evening. I've been told, Teron, that this is like the downtime. There's not much to talk about Hmm. in this, this week of the sports calendar. You've got summer league going on. You've got... Major League Baseball on its you know, three-day hiatus amidst the All-Star break. That'll resume. The season will resume tomorrow. This is supposed to be the dead time. I don't think that's the case. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing awesome, man. It's great getting to do this show with you. But as far as the downtime is concerned, I tell you what, you know how the saying goes when they say, hold my beer? That's what the NFL said. Hold my beer. We're about to drop a couple things. And it's never a downtime with that league. Never is. You heard it in the uh, Sports Center update there with Mark Robbins, Quinn and Williams, uh, the New York Jets, the All Pro defensive tackle agrees to terms on a four year, $96 million deal. It's the largest second contract ever for a defensive tackle. He's going to get, as you heard in the Sports Center update, $66 million in guarantees. That's what 12 sacks will get you from the defensive tackle spot, Teron. It's really good to see for him. Got his first Pro Bowl, all pro nods coming up uh, last year, and now he banked it here in the offseason. Yeah, absolutely. It is a great thing to see these guys get paid. Now, you're kind of splitting hairs right here when I say this, but because it was a contract extension. Sure. But Jeffrey Simmons got a $94 million extension, so he got some money too on, but it wasn't necessarily a second deal, but it's pretty cool just to see how all this worked out because it was kind of like dominoes, whereas one contract had to be signed, and after that, it just it just continued to fall. You had Dexter Lawrence, you had Deron Payne, Jeffrey Simmons, and now Quentin Williams. And I just love the fact that this is a younger player. He came into the league. He got to develop a little bit, and then it just, it just blossomed. And now you see the result, a guy getting paid $24 million per year. The last shall be first. Uh, whenever you are the last to sign, you yeah. come in pretty much first place when it comes to the signing. He is the second highest paid interior defensive lineman in the league behind Aaron Donald, but uh, his salary, his average salary, slightly ahead of Jeffrey Simmons. So we've got the number three overall pick in 2019 playing in New York who has his contract taken care of. It's the number two overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft also plays in New York that is still waiting and biding his time and probably doing it very resentfully. We're talking about running back Saquon Barkley as it's been a lot of the conversation here today where 
he has been tagged with the franchise tag, but he has not signed that tender yet. And he has until Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern, to sign a long-term deal. That's the, the NFL rule is on this deadline, that's your deadline to agree to a long-term deal if the team has franchised you. And if that deadline passes and there's no deal, then the player's only option if they're going to play is to play with that one-year franchise tender, which is a little more than $10 million for this season. It would go up 120% the following year, a little more than $12 million if he's franchised again. Teron, what do you make of this situation? I mean, you got you know you covering Derrick Henry, who's yeah. <laughs> locked up to a contract there, and, yeah. and there is some relatability there, right? Without a doubt. And Derrick Henry is one of the examples of a second contract for a running back going well. And I could say, just in watching this offense week in and week out, it revolves around Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill has had a, a very good couple years. Last year was so-so injuries, etc. But Part of the reason why Tannehill has been able to produce so much is because of the emphasis on the running game. Now, I'll take this a step further and go to the season opener last year. It was the Giants and Titans, right? And the Giants were doing absolutely nothing on offense. Nothing. The second half starts. Next thing you know, Saquon Barkley breaks off a 65-yard run. A few runs later, he's in the end zone. And now it's 10-7, to and all of a sudden, the game is different. That's what Saquon Barkley does for this team. And not only is his rushing ability something to take note of, he is able to catch a screen and like that, because he has the acceleration of a Tesla, he will get down the field quickly. And he's just instant offense. And I think when you look at the big picture of things, in my opinion, if you're going to pay Daniel Jones $40 million per, you should, at the very least, give Saquon Barkley 13 to 15. It just has to work that way. And I understand the running back position is something that's devalued. Overall, it, I, I could see that. But the difference makers, the different players, the Derrick Henrys, the Christian McCaffreys, the Saquon Barkleys, they need to be paid accordingly. So I, I think it's, it's something where this is an exception to the rule, in my opinion. Kimberly A. Marty, ESPN NFL reporter, agrees with you. She had this to say on Get Up. You got to pay the man. Both sides feel like the other should come down. Well, obviously, Saquon wants the Giants to go up in their (laughs) offer, and the Giants want Saquon to come down from his. But when you talk to other defensive coordinators around the league about Saquon and this offense, they're not mentioning Daniel Jones. Like, how how are we going to take down the Giants? It is, we have to stop Saquon. So for me, the Giants have to lock him up. I just can't see because that offense is predicated on him, not the quarterback. Okay, I understand the take, but lock him up meaning what? Long-term deal? No, you don't. You don't need to do that. Hmm. The franchise tender for one year, which means he'll get more than $10 million a year, and then if you have to do it again, you do it again. Look, this is a cold-hearted NFL business, and the New York Giants are playing it perfectly in terms of roster management and with that position. Now, it's not Barkley's fault. They drafted him number two overall. Right. Should they have done it? Probably not. But he might pay the consequence in terms of this contract. Here's the other thing. He's paying the consequence of playing the NFL running back position. This is just the way it is right now. The lessons from Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. You can go down the list, and if Barkley 
signs this deal, which, again, his options, he doesn't have any leverage right now, Teron. Yeah. He, he's got no leverage. The only thing he could do is just not play. Pull a Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to do that. He's not, he's not like that. He's one of the most beloved players in that locker room and wants mm-hmm. to go to war with his guys. So I can't see that happening. What will, will happen? Probably miss his training camp. Maybe push it up toward opening uh, the, the kickoff against the Cowboys in week one. And then what? You're not going to sit and not get paid. He's going to get paid, and he's probably going to have to sign this franchise agreement. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, I will say this. If the Giants offer any type of long-term quotation mark deal by that deadline, if, I, if I'm him, I'm signing it. And the one, the one caveat when you look at Saquon Barkley is the injury history. That's the problem, in my opinion, is that you can't say for sure that he's going to be on the field. And then when you look at a player like him, he generates so much torque and so much power. It's so much stress on his joints. So there's a likelihood for injury. So I I get what you're saying as far as from a Giants perspective, tagging him this year and tagging him next year. He's only played uh, at least 16 games in a season twice in his five-year career. Last year, career high, more than 350 touches, both catches out of the backfield and running the football. And here's the other thing about this, that as we look at other running backs that are right now looking for work, right, like an Ezekiel Elliott, a a Dalvin Cook, these guys that are looking for work. You know how old Saquon Barkley is right now? 26. You Mm -hmm. franchise him this year, he'll be 27. You franchise again, he'll be 28. You know what happens at 28? You're not a running back at a high-profile job anymore. Typically and that's just not. The, yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. 28 years old, that's about it. Look at what's happening to Zeke. Look at the, the list of names that you mentioned there. So, unfortunately, the timing just isn't working in Saquon, in Saquon Barkley's favor, and that's just the way it's going to be, and that's just the way it is with that, with that position here, Teron. And you feel bad for the guy? Uh, these are certainly first-world problems. $10 million, people would love to have it. But with the wear and tear and the price that he yes, pays sir. on his body, he certainly wants to maximize it today. Let that be a message to you fathers out there who have <laughs> children starting to, to play sports. Well, my message is play baseball. But, you know, if he's going to play football, don't let him play running back. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, they're 27, and they're looking for work. I mean, just think about that. Crazy. Think about how he's, this, he's this, coming off. Cook is coming off a thousand yard season. Right, <laughs> and th- that tells Crazy. you all you need to know. And we'll we'll see what happens again. That deadline coming up on Monday. He, some of the leverage he does have. Look, if I don't play, what do you get? Matt Breida, Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell. You're going to throw those guys out there behind behind Jones. At the same point, what are you going to do, Saquon? Are you not going to play? It's pretty clear that he's going to have to suit up. Uh, with a contract he doesn't like. Matt Schick, Teron Davenport, Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Phone number, it's always open, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Coming up next, it's our Rankham Series. Mahomes may be the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's not number one on my list involving quarterbacks. Tell you about it next here on ESPN Radio. To camp, every rep, team to team. It's on this field where fortunes are made or lost. Continuing coverage. The countdown to kickoff rolls on. 56 days until the NFL season begins. Yeah, I like football, I like football season, and all the things that go with it. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. 
The countdown to kickoff rolls on 56 days until the NFL season begins. Odell Beckham has our latest addition to the team. We're Super Bowl champs. You want to repeat? Continuing coverage. Broncos country. Let's ride, baby. Camp to camp, team to team. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. I love that we incorporated let's ride into that. <laughs> Something that we all love hearing. Magic Toronto Davenport sitting in for Joe and Amber. Here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, it's list season. That's what the summer is, list season. You heard it, 56 days till the start of the NFL season. That means it's probably... 46 days or so till you should be conducting your NFL fantasy drafts, and that's where I'm kind of zeroing in Mm. for this. It's the best quarterback-wide receiver tandem here. Who are we stacking? Talking fantasy, talking NFL. Here's the list. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Burrow, touchdown, what a start. Who actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them. The top five quarterback wide receiver duos. Number five. All right, number five here. And again, next hour, Teron's going to have his five. Here are my five. And I'm starting here at five with Tua and Tyreek Hill. Mm. Again, he's got to stay on the field. I get it. He missed five games last year to Tua. But when you've got Waddle, Mostert, A-Chain, the rookie running back. When you've got those guys and a slot guy that you can put out there from Texas A&M, 1,700 receiving yards last year for Tyreek, 14 yards a catch. When they've played together in the 13 games they played together, 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. They get big plays as well. Give me Tua and Tyreek in my top five. Again, parentheses, when healthy, I got to see them on the field for 17. I'm not mad at that. I, I like that a lot, in fact, because you look at Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in the league, and Tua, one healthy, as as you emphasized, is a solid pass, you know, passer. So I'm not mad at that at all, man. All right, that's my number five. Number four. Number four. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Mm. Might have gone a little bit higher than this, but I'm slotting them at four. 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns uh, in the 15 games they've played alongside each other. Hurts is just outstanding. He's just scratching the surface, which is why he's this duo is probably not higher. You go to the Super Bowl, A.J. Brown, a clear, great, bona fide number one. Tenth in passing yards was Jalen last year. Fourth in passer rating by the end of the year. Hurts and Brown, number four. Listen, A.J. Brown is one of my favorite, if not my favorite players in the league to watch. Jalen Hurts is outstanding, so that's another one. I, hey, listen, I'm in agreement. My list is different, but I'm, I'm okay. agreeing with you. Okay. All right. List is different, but you're agreement. I don't know how that's possible, but I can't wait to hear your list coming up. Coming up I'm not mad time. at it. I'll put it that okay. way. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. All right. Let's see if you get angry here. Number I think three. Th- oh, sorry. Sorry. I talked over a deep voice guy. Uh this guy, this player is the best wide receiver in the game, in my judgment. Hmm. His quarterback is not the best quarterback That's in the, the game. That's the problem. But I have to put them at number three because Justin Jefferson is just so good. Since 2020, 
4,700 yards and 25 touchdowns in 50 games with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins sharing the field. He led the league in receiving yards last year, more than 1,800. And Kirk Cousins, and you can knock him all you want, finished fourth in passing yards, fifth in touchdowns last year, number three, J.J. and K.C. J.J. is where it's at, man. That's it right there. And I will – let me just put this in there. Watching the the quarterback documentary, man, Kirk Cousins is one tough dude. I respect him a lot more after seeing – up front and personal, some of those hits he took. All right, so to sum up, you like that. Number two. Number two. <laughs> uh, I struggled with two and one here. Uh, my homerism shines through here uh, with number one. So I'm going to go with number two, and I'm going to go Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, 2,400 yards, 22 touchdowns in their 28 games that they shared the field uh, together. Jamar Chase, the only knock, uh, didn't play every game last year. It's a little nicked up. Again, not something he can control. If I'm buying future stock, they're my number one. Like if I if I'm playing the long game, Burrow and Chase are my number one. Chase gets robbed a little bit from T. Higgins. Um, that's why I, I kind of penalized him a little bit. If truth serum in me, maybe they're number one. But I got Burrow and Chase number two. Yeah, I know where you're going. Number one, I'm not mad at it, but I I probably would have looked at it a little bit differently. But hey, at least you got the best. Well, what may be the best duo. Uh, no, at least in the top two. All right, what is number one? Number one. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Diggs, uh, at least 100 catches in all three seasons he's played in Buffalo. When you think about you know, what A.J. Brown did for Jalen Hurts, it's very analogous to what Boom. Stephon Diggs did mm-hmm. for Josh Allen. If you want to find out what you have at a quarterback position, you have to surround them with elite-level talent. Yep. That's what they did with Stephon Diggs. He's going to be 30 in November. Jamar Chase is 23. So, again, if it's about the future, yes, probably Chase and Burrow. But Gabe Davis isn't taking uh, too many touchdowns or balls away from Stephon Diggs. Uh, I'll take Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs as my number one duo. Look, Stephon Diggs is one of the best route runners in the league. Josh Allen, he throws that deep ball with the best of them. So, no objection here. I, I would have went a different direction, but I could understand why you have – and plus, you did admit a little bit of bias there. And it's okay. We all have bias. So I'm uh, cool with it. Give me the young quarterback, who's still young, Josh Allen, and the experienced route running vet yeah. in Stephon Diggs. It's a great pair. Uh, I love it. He's been terrific. Uh, honorable mentions, Prescott and Lamb. Mm, I don't mm-hmm. know if Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson can can you know get that chemistry early on. Is Garoppolo going to play with Devontae Adams? We'll see. Justin Fields and DJ Moore, probably the most intriguing one there that I'm looking right forward to seeing. Uh, Lamar it. Jackson, OBJ. Like, there's there's some good duos that it's going to be fun to watch this year. Coming up next, sure. all-star break in the books. Could one of the game's biggest stars be on the move? Next. Yo, it's Jay Will. Coming up on Friday with the second half of the MLB season about to kick off What are the biggest storylines we all should be paying attention to? It all begins at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Oh, that is one of the many storylines for the second half. Second half, quote-unquote. We played more than 80 so far. Roughly 90 games have been played by each team. Joe and Amber, Matt Schick, Teron Davenport. In for Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, 
Channel 80, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jeff Passan's going to join us here in just a moment. MLB insider for us at ESPN. And uh, Teron, what does a Mets fan do in the second half of the season? Like, What do you do with yourself? I was a Mets fan growing up, big in the 80s, big in the 90s. And then, you know, you become a dad. You become, you know, priorities change. I'm not as big of a fan. I still follow them. But, Teron, what does a Mets fan do in the second half of the season? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did we lose Teron? Joe and Amber, Matt Schick, Teron Davenport here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Teron, what does a Mets fan do in the second half? Oh, I tell you what, what a Mets fan does is do what I was just doing. Sit here in absolute silence, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's bad. It's, I just, I don't even know how to explain it because you kind of come in to the season with so much optimism and then Edwin Diaz tears his knee celebrating and uh, you just you just try to cope with it, man. You, you just try to cope with it. That's all you could do. You play for the future, right? I mean, you. Wh- when does the selling start, right? Like that's where you start to turn the yeah. page. We'll see. You know, as a Mets fan growing up, when we were, when my team was, you know, out of it at, at the All Star break, but there's always this glimmer of hope. Okay, let's see if we can start the second half with maybe winning five of six, maybe winning seven of nine, and put ourselves. In contention, but then after a couple of weeks, you're kind of like, "All right, time to sell off here. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens." Yeah, the the one thing that you could take solace in as a Mets fan is, okay, you got the baby Mets, and um, you know, Alvarez, Francisco Alvarez is doing his thing. Brett Beatty at least is getting a lot of at bats. He's not exactly hitting that well. I want to see Mark Vientos get brought back up. I thought he was someone. That was was of interest, and Ronnie Mauricio. Yeah, you know, I'm digging deep into this farm system. I want to see these young guys come up and, and get a chance. And he had played shortstop, and he was stuck behind Francisco Lindor. But you know, maybe they could have him play left field or something. Eighteen and a half games out of first in the NLE, seven games back of a wild of a wild card spot. Uh, I mean, there are some big players that you thought. I mean, the Padres. There are some big players you thought would be in contention, yeah, and they're just not. And then on the flip side, 
there are teams that you didn't really expect to be as good as they are, and yet here they are. You got the Reds who won a billion games in a row. You got the Baltimore Orioles, which are more than 19 games above 500, just a couple of games back of the race in the AL East. You got the Rangers, who at one point seemed to have the entire nine on the field. In the uh, Major League All Star game the other night, like whoa, when, yeah. when did this happen? Like, yeah. there's some really good stories, really good teams. Yeah, I tell you what, you mentioned the Reds, man, and this is a team like back in April, they their attendance, they a couple games, they had seven thousand five hundred people in the stands. But it is crazy what a guy like Ellie De La Cruz could do, you know. And this team just caught fire, and now you can't, you probably can't get a ticket to see them and what he's been able to do, just hitting for the cycle, stealing second, third, and home. I mean, that dude is so fun to watch. And it gives me flashbacks, especially with him playing for the Reds and wearing number 44. Even though I've always been a Mets fan, I always loved Eric Davis. And it's giving me flashbacks of that type of talent. It's pretty good. It's pretty Some pretty high praise. It's interesting because you've got all these storylines. You've got the August 1st trade deadline coming up. There's the question about what is going to happen to Shohei Otani, who is a generational, if not lifetime, it's a once-in-a-lifetime type of player. We haven't yeah. seen anything like this in our lifetime. And yet, because the Angels have really hit the skids entering the All-Star break, and now it's like, okay, what are you going to get for him? Are you going to trade him? Where are you going to send him? There's been talk about the Yankees. Could you imagine Aaron Judge, if he comes back soon from injury, and Shohei Otani in the same lineup, and then Otani on the mound? It, it lets your mind wander a little bit. There's no question that if Otani wasn't playing for the Angels, if he's playing for the Yankees, he becomes an even bigger story. Right, right. But the fact that he has been this... This incredible story playing for the Angels tells you all you need to know. I'm, I'm really fascinated to see where he ends up. Yeah, without a doubt. And you mentioned if he was in New York. I mean, remember Hideki Matsui and how – I mean, they were calling this guy Godzilla for heaven's sake. You know, so imagine if Otani goes there. I would hate to see it, honestly. But, you know, I want to ask you this, though, because they, they said that he starts at $500 million. If that's the case – as an as a owner, do you still have him pitch as well? Well, there's a lot to a uh, lot to get into with it uh, when it comes to that and his potential destination, or maybe they stay put. Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB Insider. We were just talking about Shohei Otani. Jeff, what is the most likely outcome for where he finishes this season? I would say the most likely is still Anaheim, actually, and until. I am told otherwise until other organizations are told otherwise. The belief around Major League Baseball is that the Angels are holding on to Otani. And uh, listen, I've I've made this case a million times, and I will continue to make it uh, unless they change their tack. But losing Shohei Otani to free agency without trading him would net the Angels a draft pick around 70th overall, which is it's nice. You know, it's like a million dollars in signing pool bonus money. Uh, but it is not anywhere close to commensurate to what they could get if they move him at the deadline, which is why it seemingly makes a lot of sense to do so. The one argument that can be made in the other direction is very simple. Shohei Otani knows nothing other than the Los Angeles Angels in terms of Major League Baseball. He doesn't know how he would fit into other organizations. He doesn't know if they would 
uh, allow him to do all of the things that the angels do in order for him to get prepared to do this remarkable thing, which is play both ways, which we haven't seen done in upward of a century. So, uh, you know, it's almost like that ignorance is working in the angels' favor, because if Shohei Otani is looking for comfort, then he knows that he will be comfortable with the angels, whereas if they move him and he sees that, hey, I can have my cake and eat it too. Hey, winning and placating me are not mutually exclusive. Well, that's going to open his mind up a lot more to signing elsewhere in free agency, I think, than if he were just to remain with the Angels and have that question percolating in his mind the whole time, is this the only place where I'm going to be able to do it? Well, the Angels are clearly not a team that's fully in contention in the American League, but when you look at the American League do you think there's any Cinderella teams that can make a run and and to to the World Series? Well, uh, how are we constituting Cinderella here? Because I can absolutely see the Baltimore Orioles, especially if they go out and get another starting pitcher or two at the deadline, being a World Series contending team. I could see the Tampa Bay Rays, who have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, being a World Series contending team. So. Uh, you know, they have the two best records in the American League, but because of where they have been in recent years in the case of the Orioles and the financials in the case of both the Orioles and the Rays, you could argue that those two are Cinderella's when compared with the Yankees and Red Sox, uh, both of whom they're ahead in the standings. Uh, in, in terms of a team that's just sort of like hanging around there right now that can make a run, uh, Toronto isn't as good record-wise as it is talent-wise. And so I could see the Blue Jays uh, putting something together and making a run. I could uh, potentially, and this is a stretch here, see Seattle uh, doing something. But we're almost 90 games into the season for the Mariners, and they haven't shown any glimpse of what we saw from them last year. So uh, them hanging around 500 right now, like they need a run at the beginning of the second half to – if nothing else, prove to themselves that they're worthy enough to go out and get some reinforcements at the deadline. Jeff Passan, ESPN, MLB Insider, joining us here. Joe and Amber, Matt Chick, Teron Davenport, filling in for Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. You mentioned earlier the Yankees. Uh, since Aaron Judge injured his toe in early June, only two other teams have scored fewer runs than the Yankees. So when will Judge return? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, the Yankees hope the answer to that is soon. 
<laughs> but this is an injury that's now lingered for about a month and a half. Uh, there's no expectation that he's going to be back before August. So I think the Yankees are just crossing their fingers and saying, I hope this happens as soon as possible because with Aaron Judge, they are a playoff team. Without Aaron Judge, they're just sort of middling and hanging on to their pitching. And with an offense that's struggling big time and not just struggling for like a week or two, this is, you know, we're almost six weeks removed from the inception of that injury. And the fact that the Yankees haven't had it all over that course of time illustrates just how dependent they are on Aaron judge. Who's a singular force offensively in baseball. Like he's the, you know, he's the most productive hitter in major league baseball. But when a team like the Yankees loses him for any period of time, they should not slip back to the 28th best offense in baseball. That's a very simple fact. The Yankees spend too much money every year on their team for them to be as abjectly mediocre as they've been offensively. And so, yeah, they uh, they need Aaron Judge back, and they need him back sooner than later because in that division, in this league, a playoff spot will slip away just like that. And if the, if the postseason started today, the Yankees would be on the outside looking in. Jeff, I have to get my Mets question in. I've been a Mets fan since 83, and, you know, I, I know sorry. you're an MLB yeah. analyst, but I, I need you to, to be – a uh, therapist for me right now. And at seven games out, out of the wild card, at what point do they make a decision? And if they make a decision, what do they do? Do they buy, sell, stay put? What What can I look forward to? It's not just seven games out of the wild card. It's six games under 500. It's the negative run differential. The Mets have been, if not the most disappointing team in baseball this season, and certainly among them with the Cardinals, uh, and the Padres as well. Um, I think the Mets are going to take a very hard look in the mirror at themselves at the end of this upcoming week. Uh, when we look at their schedule for the second half, uh, you know, starting with the Dodgers, it's not easy. Going against the White Sox and the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Nationals and the Royals after that, they have the room to make a run here. Like, they, they have the opportunity to, if nothing else, get themselves back to 500 quickly and put themselves in position to, uh, you know, if the, if the Marlins falter. I don't think the Phillies are going to, but, uh, you know, if, if the Marlins come back to earth, they're 14 over 500 right now. They're 10 games ahead of the Mets. Um, if the Brewers falter and – if the Giants fade back a little bit. I don't think the Diamondbacks or Dodgers are going to, but there is a pathway to the postseason for the Mets, which is why I think when it's all said and done, they're probably going to do a little bit of buying and they're probably going to do a little bit of selling, but I don't think any major moves are going to be made by the Mets unless, of course, Otani is traded. And if Otani is being traded, then the Mets are going to look at the next two months as their ability to sell him on staying, and they will pay a hefty price to do that. Jeff Passon, ESPN MLB Insider. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Pleasure is always mine, boys. Thanks for having me. Magic Tron Davenport here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Coming up next, what a week for Northwestern, and today it got even worse. That's next on ESPN Radio. I love the composition of this conference right now. The excitement the four new members have brought to this conference has been incredible. You're going to go from one week 
to the next. And so it just makes it for a way interesting and unique league. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. News bomb here from Pete Thamel. Northwestern has fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Perception rises above culpability. I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald knew. I don't know what his understanding was of the hazing and the extent of it. But I think there's a fair case to be made that he should have known. There's nothing cool about it to me. Do not put your hands on me against my will. That's where the problem comes. He is the head coach of a college football program. And whether or not he knew, it is his job to know. Matt Schick, Toronto Davenport here on ESPN Radio. It was a week ago tomorrow that Northwestern suspended head football coach Pat Fitzgerald. Then a few days later, fired him. That was this past Monday. Uh, Northwestern had as a baseball team as well. They went 10-40 and 40 this year. Not a great year for the baseball program. Uh, they have fired their baseball coach, Jim Foster, not necessarily because of the losing but because of allegations of bullying and a toxic environment within the program. That became official today. Uh, Reportedly, according to our sources at ESPN, it would have been done earlier, but Northwestern's legal and human resources department was focused on the firing of football coach Pat Fitzgerald in the wake of that hazing investigation into the program. So the baseball coach is done. The football coach is done. Northwestern has seen better weeks, Teron Davenport. Uh, my goodness, what a the bookends to this week will uh, be remembered for bad reasons for a long time. Absolutely, and it's crazy that you have the spillover from the football program into the baseball program, the bullying, the abusive behavior. I just I don't understand how you could not know what's going on, and at the same time, knowing that it's going on, I don't understand how you could allow it it's just as harry douglas said on on the collage there in the lead-in you know no one should have someone else's hands on them against their will and it's just as a coach you go into the homes of these you know these prospects and and you tell their parents you tell their grandparents you tell their family hey you send your son to me i'm going to make sure that he's in good hands for the four to five years that he's going to be there. And how can you say that and then turn around and have these things happen? It's it's really an unfortunate situation that happened in Northwestern. Remember when the news came out last Friday, I was like, well, I guess Northwestern must think it's not that big of a deal, just suspending him for uh, a couple of weeks. He'll be back mm-hmm. for Big Ten media days. I was doing the timing in my head. Okay, media days in Indy, a couple of weeks. He'll be back for that. 
And then the weekend happened. And then the Daily Northwestern did its stories. And then by Monday, he was fired. And it was, you see this a lot. You see a punishment handed down, and then you see the reaction. And then the reaction to the reaction is, okay, we, we messed up. We didn't punish him enough. Right. We, didn't see, we weren't right. seeing this clearly enough. And I've always said, just because you're in leadership doesn't mean, make you a leader. And uh, the president of Northwestern, I know he just got there, President Schill. He, he comes over from Oregon, and it's a tough thing to walk into, right? He just got there, and now you have to fire a lifer as the head football coach and then the baseball thing here as well. Certainly a lot on his plate. But to go from suspension to firing when nothing changes except the story, except the reality. With the Venture X card from Capital One, you earn two that just times makes miles you go, on every really? purchase. This is what's happening? Canceling. You're being yeah, too loud. I mean, that's, that's amazing that it, it goes to that. My lucky number. Plus, where five times miles it on shouldn't be. And ten times miles okay, on hotels the story came out, what's in and your then wallet? now I'm reacting Why to the story coming out. Why did you decide to make this move to Notre Dame? Yeah, it's really interesting. Matt um, Shake, I mean, Toronto, Davenport uh, here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM channel 80 it just flipped it it flipped from friday it flipped to monday uh and the story just went head over heels so uh toronto we'll see what happens with northwestern we will see what happens here moving forward but um they've got to figure this thing out you got the athletic director Derek gregg who was kind of incommunicado he's on vacation over the weekend comes back has the zoom with the team and the team is saying we didn't get good enough answers uh, now you've got their uh, their defensive coordinator who's now promoted to their interim coach. That just happened earlier today. And now you've got the season coming up. And I would just say this. The athletic director and the president, they need to say something in front of cameras, in front of the media, before Big Ten Media Days. You cannot throw these student-athletes out at Indianapolis at Big Ten Media Days without you saying something first. And I hope that happens. I hope one of them or both of them can step up, not put out statements, but say something. Answer questions moving forward because that is the right thing to do even though they've screwed up royally so far. Coming up next, LeBron and his future. He's coming back, but for how long? It's next on ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.